drive time. Keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic drive time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Christus Vincit, Christus Regnat, Christus Imperat. Good morning. It is Wednesday, March the 16th, and I'm hosting... My name is Rudy Carlos. Joe and Adrian are away on retreat, so I'm here. And uh, let me ask you this. Do you desire to be counted amongst the saints? That's a trick question. Of course you do. It's the only way to get to heaven, right? Well, you know of all the great saints, St. Saint Teresa of Avila, St. Ignatius of Loyola, and all the other Spanish saints, many others, right? But have you heard of Venerable Louis de, Louis? Louis de Ponte? and the marvelous aspects of his life. At 35 past the hour, we have a conversation with Colton Marks, where we discuss this amazing saint-to-be and the manuscript that Colton edited for Mediatrics Press. It's a fascinating story and a man worthy of admiration. And upcoming at 15 past the hour, we discuss the upcoming consecration of Russia. You may have heard the news last night that the Pope desires to consecrate Russia and Ukraine to the Immaculate Heart of Mary after the supplication of the of a prelate from Ukraine. Will it be done according to Our Lady's command? And why is this controversial anyway? We talk about this a lot. It's a hot-button topic. We'll discuss that at 15 past the hour. And here's what happened while you were sleeping. Well, the latest is that the dollar might be on its way out. Saudi Arabia is considering using the Chinese yuan instead of dollars for Chinese oil sales. And Russia sanctions Hunter Biden and many more. And the DHS wants to root out extremists in their midst. And later on, uh, we discuss the Diocese of Culiacan in Sinaloa, Mexico, will deny politicians uh, Holy Communion if they voted for abortion. And we will cover these and much, much more. But now I have an important announcement to make. I've just received some news that Hmm. Joe and Adrian... Uh, There's no easy way to say this, but they're completely fine. They'll be back on Friday as usual. (laughs) Oh, my heart stopped. (laughs) And until then, you're stuck with me, Jesus, and Jordan. Good morning to you, Jesus. Good morning. My heart just stopped at that moment when I saw you take that (laughs) breath. (gasps) That's right after when you said Culiacan. See, whenever you say Culiacan, it's synonymous to a... Amazing. Sinaloa, you know, Culiacan. <laughs> yes, I have to say it. When you said Culiacan, I wanted to scream immediately, but you know, <laughs> you I, 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 had, I had to continue to compose myself. I'm here. surprised you had that composure. Yes, I had to. I had to. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's Catholic radio. You got to keep yourself composed. Jordan, how are you doing this morning? Whoops. Let's see here. Jordan. And hello to you guys, Jesus and Rudy. There you, there you go. Sorry, Jordan, you were cut off. Good morning to you. Oh, yeah. It's Salve Regina. Hello. Good morning. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Jordan, it's good to have you here. Jesus, good to have you here this morning as well. And uh, the CDT Lenten campaign is still underway. And I just want to thank Melanie Burgess and the Cornejo Hernandez family for generously offering to fast and pray for the most ardent blasphemers and heretics. You know, before I started this job, one of the things that really killed me and working in a day-to-day job with secular people is the blasphemies that you would hear. It was just so intense and uh, we really need to make reparation for these blasphemies that are become so common 
And we need to pray and fast for the ones who, who need our prayers the most for their conversion. Our Lady of Fatima told us many souls go to hell because they have no one to pray for them. Perhaps it might have been us at one point whose hearts were softened by the, by the prayer of a stranger, the sacrifice of a stranger. We won't know this on this side of heaven, but we can surely pray and fast for those in our families and in the world. So I want to thank you again, Melanie Burgess and Cornejo family. And uh, if you're not part of our email list, I invite you to join us. Join the email list. Go on to grnonline.com slash cdt. Or better yet, I hope you're not driving while you do this, but I'm going to tell you, pull out your phone and text GRN to 42828. That's GRN to 42828. Well, we're going to jump into our first hour here. And we're going to offer this prayer, the Golden Arrow Prayer, for the conversion of sinners, and in reparation for blasphemies. Okay, so we're going to pray this right now. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Amen. May the most holy, most sacred, most adorable, most incomprehensible and unutterable name of God be always praised, blessed, loved, adored, and glorified in heaven, on earth, and under the earth by all the creatures of God and by the sacred heart of our Lord Jesus Christ in the most holy sacrament of the altar. Amen. Amen. And now let's jump into your headline news this morning. Good morning. Thanks for tuning into Catholic Drive Time. Today is Wednesday, March 16th, and these are your headlines. The Washington Examiner reports Russia slaps retaliatory sanctions on Hillary Clinton and Hunter Biden. President Joe Biden, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken, and White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki and many others were among the 13 people added to Russia's stop list as the U.S. continues sanctioning Russia and some individual Russians over the country's decision to invade Ukraine. While the extent of sanctions has not been specified, the figures will be barred from traveling to Russia. And the Blaze reports Saudi Arabia weighs accepting yuan instead of dollars in oil sales with China. The U.S. dollar may be on its way out as the global reserve currency. Saudi Arabia is effectively is actively rather engaging in negotiations with Chinese officials to price oil sales to China in yuan instead of the U.S. dollar. The Saudis are unhappy with the lack of American support for their intervention in the ongoing Yemen civil war and over Biden's administration's renewed attempts to strike a deal with Iran over its nuclear program. And Life News reports Idaho legislature passes Texas-style bill to ban abortions on babies with beating hearts. The Idaho House passed the law yesterday after the the state Senate had already given the measure its approval and it will now head to the governor for his signature. He's expected to sign it. Planned Parenthood, America's biggest abortion company, opposed the measure which would go into effect 30 days after becoming law. It said it would not do abortions after six weeks if the bill becomes law. And the Daily Wire reports Mississippi governor signs critical race theory ban. Mississippi Governor Tate Reeves signed a law on Monday banning critical race theory in the state's public schools. Public schools may not teach students any that any sex, race, ethnicity, religion, or national origin is inherently superior or inferior, or that individuals should be adversely treated on the basis of their sex, race, ethnicity, religion, or national origin, says the law. The law applies to K-12 schools, including public universities and community colleges. And those are your headline news this morning. God love you. Now for the saint of today, Saint Aban, missionary and hermit. Some say he was an Irish missionary, others say that he was a secular Briton, the son of a wealthy consul at the court of King Vortigen. He is said to have been the present at the Stonehenge during what was supposed to have been an Anglo-Britain peace conference around 456 AD. 
In later years, the occasion became known as a Night of the Long Knives because the Saxons massacred all the British nobility gathered there. Aben was one of the few that escaped alive. He fled north until he reached Thames Valley. The slaughter he had witnessed was so horrifying that Aben decided to settle there and devote his life to prayer. The local king was impressed by his devotion and granted him a large piece of land around Sunnywell. There he built himself a little hermitage where he lived humbly on nuts and berries. At first there was no fresh water, but in answer to Aban's prayer, a spring miraculously appeared outside his door. Soon it became well known as Aban's Hill, and many men came there to seek advice and join him in his mission. There he built a little chapel to St. Mary's in the hill where 60 monks lived helping continuous and doing services around the clock. But Aben's followers grew in vast numbers at up to 500 other monks said to have been living there and living his way, laboring and of course living on a daily basis, returning to the chapel only on Sundays and on festivals. It got too crowded for Avon, so he decided to descend the hill and left for Ireland seeking for deeper solitude for more prayer. Saint Avon, pray for us. The gospel for today, Matthew 20, 17 and 28, as Jesus was going up to Jerusalem, he took the 12 disciples aside by themselves and said to them on the way, Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem. The Son of Man will be handed over to the chief priests and scribes and they will condemn him to death and hand him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and scourged and crucified. And he will be raised on the third day. The mother of the sons of Zebedee approached Jesus with her sons and did him homage, wishing to ask him for something. He said to her, what do you wish? She answered him, command these two sons of mine, sit one at your right and the other one at your left in your kingdom. Jesus said in reply, you do not know what you're asking. Can you drink from the chalice that I'm about to drink? They said to him, we can. He replied, my chalice you will drink indeed, but to sit on my right hand and on my left, this is not mine to give, but for those who it is been prepared for by my father. When the ten heard this, they became indignant at the two brothers, but Jesus summoned them and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles, uh, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord over them, and the great ones make their authority over them felt. But it shall not be so amongst you. Rather, whoever wishes to be great among you shall be your servant. Whoever wishes to be first among you shall be slave. Just so the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as ransom for many. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Now, in previous occasions, Jesus has spoken about his passion. But in this passage, he foresees a collaboration of the Jewish leaders and the Roman authorities in bringing about his death by means of crucifixion. And what does this mean? That if you're leading others, if you're shepherding others, you must be willing to go to the cross. We continue to discuss the power of positions of the church. Who is worthy? Who is not worthy? If you wish to be great, then you must be willing to serve. Whoever wishes to be first, then you must also be last. 
the son of man came to serve and not to be served. Now, the mother of the sons of Zebedee comes to Jesus and, and says, Grant, my son sit at your right and at your left. Yesterday, we reflected on this position of power, the, the chair of Moses, the chair of St. Peter. Let my son sit at your right and at your left. Jesus tells her, you do not know what you're asking. Can they drink from this cup that I'm about to drink? The cup of suffering, the, the cup of Jesus' passion, the betrayal, the humiliation, the abandonment, the, scourge, the scourging, the crowning, the way of the cross, crucifixion, and lots more. A lot of times we want to be leaders in our churches, but we don't understand the position of leadership that it becomes an actual crucible. These positions may be the, the, the president of the Guadalupe Society, the Knights of Columbus, the Grand Knight, the Cursillos, the Altar Society, the Church Festival Chair, etc. These positions are more than just a title, a position of power. When elected and truly when you embody the true essence of the position, not only does it require a charitable person, but it requires an individual to have that donative love, willing to serve, willing to teach others with great charity, willing to lead with humanity and humility. Some want to lead, but they don't realize what it will become and it will become a, a cross for you. You will be knocked down several times, but the challenges of the position and the opposing powers in the organization will challenge you. Your ego, your pride will be punched out several times from the people that are working within you. It can be a painful process that will give you, again, a lot of, uh, of new uh, uh, just growth in your spiritual uh, life. It may also be a humbling experience. Also, it's very true with our bishops, with our priests, with our, with our pastors, our CCE leaders, that they have to go through all of this. I'm not saying to be afraid to undertake leadership roles, but to think about what you're about to jump into, it's not just the position of power, but it is a position that requires a lot of sacrificing. Sometimes we criticize these leaders because of the garments that they wear of honor, but of course, you got to remember that their lives are always in some sort of purgatory. They're going through people's pain, sorrows, sickness, deaths, divorce, anger, hatred, jealousy. They see it all. Our pastors, our priests, our bishops, through the sacrament of confession. For those of you that are seeking positions of power to oversee others when taking this position, well, you will see that it will humble you to a new level. Let's pray for our leaders that they may be willing to pour themselves out for others and that they may be also grow in wisdom as they guide others through our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's be conformed. Now, what's coming up next? Uh, what's concerning us with Rudy Carlos and Jordan Pacheco? There's, it's, a, it's a mouthful of information, so stick around with us. Russia is going to be consecrated to Our Lady and lots more at uh, what's concerning us here in Catholic Drive Time. Stick around. Share us with a friend right now. Share us. We'll be right back. Many who live the homosexual lifestyle attempt to justify their behavior by saying their same-sex attraction is natural for them. That's to say they didn't choose it. But is this justification reasonable? I answer no, and here's why. First, an individual's inclination or desire can't be the standard for morally evaluating human behavior. Such logic leads to the justification of any behavior, even ones we intuitively recognize as immoral. Second, the objection associates the term natural merely with an individual's tendency, as opposed to tendencies that are common to our nature as human beings. 
That's to say those tendencies that belong to our species as such and target objective goods that perfect our nature. An individual's same-sex attraction might be independent of his or her choice, but that doesn't make it natural in the sense of giving moral justification to act on it. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. We are a young and diverse generation, helping those in need and promoting human rights. We care for the environment. We embrace authentic witnesses and dream of a better world. Our passion comes from God, who loves us even when we fall and cheers on our victories. If you sometimes wonder, is there something more? Then come and see at CatholicsComeHome.com. Praise be to be, praise be to Jesus Christ. Excuse me, I'm fumbling with buttons here. Thank you for joining us this morning. And you made it to our segment, What's Concerning Us Today? I'm joined by Jordan Pacheco, good friend of mine and uh, host of the podcast. Uh, my God, I am, I am losing my mind right now. Uh, host of the podcast, the uh, Jordan, help me out here. <laughs> Glad you had podcast. Don't mind it. It's yours too. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> Co-host of the Gladtrad podcast. Thanks for joining us this morning, uh, Jordan. And uh, here's an article out of LifeSite. It's uh, something that we've talked about before quite often, actually. We talked about the consecration of Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Supposedly, it has been done. And I think as a layperson, I probably don't i don't know i'm not in a position to say whether or not it was done but you know there's a lot of people who are speculating whether or not it was done according to the prescribed uh instructions of our lady and so i'll get into this life site article the headline is pope francis will consecrate russia and ukraine to the immaculate heart of mary on march 25th so in just over a week in a shock announcement made march 15th the Vatican revealed that Pope Francis will consecrate Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Pope Francis will consecrate Russia and Ukraine to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, the Vatican announced on Tuesday following an appeal made by the Ukrainian Catholic bishops. In an announcement released March 15th, Matteo Bruni, the director of the Holy See Press Office, announced on Friday, March 25th, during the celebration of penance at which he will preside at 1700 in St. Peter's Basilica, Pope Francis will consecrate Russia and Ukraine to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. The same act on the same day will be carried out in Fatima by His Eminence, Cardinal Krajewski, Apostolic Almoner, as envoy to the Holy Father. So I'm going to pause right there and just say, we have to take a look at the instructions that Our Lady gave us. One of the instructions that she gave us was that the the consecration is to take place with the Holy Father at the lead, but also the bishops of the world must do that in union. So right off the bat, we have just one, one cardinal who is going to be participating. And uh, to continue with the article, on March 25th, March 25th is the Feast of the Annunciation. No further details were provided about the consecration, but the message was repeated on, Pope's, on the Pope's official Twitter account. LifeSite News has contacted the Holy See press office for further, further information. Uh, and then it, it has a tweet of what he wrote, which is exactly what they released. And the news follows a, heart, a heartfelt appeal made, made to the pontiff 
on March 2nd by the Latin Rite Catholic bishops of Ukraine, who asked Pope Francis to consecrate Russia and Ukraine as requested by the Blessed Virgin Mary in Fatima to bring an end to the current conflict. Their statement released on the morning of Ash Wednesday referenced the current conflict in Ukraine and called for the consecration to be done in a matter requested by Our Lady in 1917. The letter reads, Holy Father, in these hours of immeasurable pain and terrible ordeal for our people, we, the bishops of the Episcopal Conference of Ukraine, are spokesmen for the unceasing and a heartfelt prayer supported by our priests and consecrated persons, which comes to us from all Christian people, that your holiness will consecrate our motherland and Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Responding to this prayer, we humbly ask your holiness to publicly perform an act of consecration to the sacred Immaculate Heart of Mary of Ukraine and Russia as requested by the Blessed Virgin in Fatima. May the Mother of God, Queen of Peace, accept our prayer, Regina Pacis, Ora Pronobis. Cardinal Krajewski, who will perform the consecration in Fatima on behalf of the Pope, has recently visited Ukraine as the papal envoy during the current crisis and spoke with the Ukrainian Catholic bishops. While in Lviv, Krajewski highlighted the uh, power of prayer and faith to move mountains and to prevent the current conflict. On in July 1917, Our Lady of Fatima gave three visionaries this message, asking for the explicit consecration of Russia to her Immaculate Heart. She says, to prevent this, and she's talking about a great war and a chastisement, I shall come to ask for the consecration of Russia to my Immaculate Heart and the communion of reparation on the first Saturdays. If my requests are heeded, Russia will be converted and there will be peace. If not, she will spread her errors throughout the world, causing wars, prosecutions for the church. The good will be martyred, the Holy Father will have much to suffer, and various nations will be annihilated. In the end, my Immaculate Heart will triumph. The Holy Father will consecrate Russia to me, and she shall be converted, and a period of peace shall be granted to the world. Now, I'm going to pause here. Um, this is something that we've spoken about a lot. I know Joe has mentioned this also. There is supposed to be a period of peace, and the consecration has supposedly already been done, but we are looking at a post-truth society in which it is so difficult to discern anything anymore. I mean, one of the, the, the issues here is, you know, the news coming out of the war, very hard to discern what is true. We look at uh, all of the things that are affecting the culture, you know, critical race theory we mentioned today, uh, abortion on demand, all of these, these egregious things that cry to heaven for vengeance, they're still around. And it makes me wonder... Are we in the period of peace? Did we experience the period of peace that Our Lady promised? And was this consecration done properly? Jordan, what do you say? Whoo, man. So this is, when I saw this yesterday, I almost fell out of my chair at work. I mean, I was like, <laughs> it was funny, like seeing some of my reactions of my coworkers. Some people were like, whoa, this is crazy. And some were like, eh, you know, I, I, they kind of just kind of blinked at me. Um, I, <laughs> you know, there have been a lot of attempts or kind of, consecrations or or rumors of consecrations in the history of the church right now right we we apparently have all just magically now agreed that at the very least Pius XII's kind of consecration in writing doesn't work it's not with union of the bishops John Paul II is an interesting one because um this is a consecration of the world to the immaculate heart and um you know, we, we know that Our Lady was extraordinarily specific. In fact, she was so specific that, you know, she gave the message in 1917 about the consecration of Russia, but she appeared to Sister Lucia in 1929. And that's where we get the union of all the Catholic bishops. Mm -hmm. And so I guess that there's so many things to unpack. Let's just start with letting our eyes do the scene first off. At the very least, we have seen um, through the consecration of the Immaculate Heart at different times, 
we may have seen a hastening to the ends of conflicts. There are some who credit the end of World War II, something like this. There are some who credit the fall of the Soviet Union to John Paul II. Um, and this isn't just like lady speculation. There are cardinals and prelates and exorcists who are on different sides of this issue, right? There are mm -hmm. some very prominent ones in Catholic circles like Cardinal Burke who doesn't, who don't think that John Paul II's consecration was satisfactory enough, but that it may have hastened the end of the Cold War. It may have hastened the end of communism, but that wasn't in and of itself um, the consecration. Our ladies spoke in extremely narrow terms. For all of us with, with ears to hear and eyes to see, let's just ask some questions. Are we in a period of peace? Has Russia been converted? When Our Lady speaks of Russia's conversion, this has to mean to true the one holy Catholic and apostolic church, outside of which there is no salvation. I mean, this is just extra crazy, right? If you're Orthodox, you are separated brethren. Certainly, there there is much uh, to do there, but to be Orthodox in and of itself, at the at the at the spite of Roman Catholicism, is not salvific. Okay, well, there's your there's your take for the day, right? So, this is. This is crazy because if if Pope Francis wants to consecrate this, I would beg him and I would implore him to do it with the union of all the bishops. And for us as laity, as far as we're concerned, we need to write and call our bishops and ask them to join in. We need to be fervent. And remember, this isn't just about just the consecration of Russia. Right now, the article talks about the consecration of Russia and Ukraine. And there's, of course, mm -hmm. some questions on what the parameters of that looks like. Ukraine at the time in 1917 was part of Russia. Yes, that's right. It's not anymore. Um, one could make an argument. So uh, <laughs> does this mean that, like, is this just like consecrating the world? Is it, is it good enough to, to bring in more countries or do we genuinely just do the very narrow interpretation? Also, the first Saturday's devotion. This is something that I think in in the in the secret gets pushed down. But first Saturday devotions are also demanded of us. And what these are are these are five first Saturdays. So it takes five months, and these are specific devotions and acts of reparation to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. This includes confession, the Rosary, meditation, particular kind of things. These are approved by the Church, and so. If the if the Holy Father really wants to do this properly, I would also encourage him and encourage our bishops to really to really educate and institute this, not just upon the bishops themselves, but upon the laity to join in with this. Yeah, that's so true. That's you know that's one of those things that uh, often gets forgotten about the apparition is that there is an aspect of reparation to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. We haven't you know we we can't forget that. That's that's an integral part to bringing about this period of peace. So we have to remember that. But, uh, you know, th like you said, there's a lot of speculation. And, and one of the things as lay people is we just want clarity. We, we just want clarity from our leaders. We're, uh, we're, we're in an age of, of you know, uh, absent fathers. We just want clarity from our, our fathers, the people that we look forward to, you know, to lead us. And I, I just I, – I know that this isn't just some sort of uh, small movement within the church. There has always been – a lot of confusion when it comes to the consecration of, of Russia. And I, I know for a fact, it would be almost impossible, I think, for the, for the Holy Father not to understand that there are some doubts about this. And it's just an opportunity for him to bring clarity here. And here's the thing. It brings to mind another thing that we've talked about on our podcast, which I've forgotten about. Uh, unfortunately, yeah, I have a name. <laughs> just wow. my, uh, I didn't drink my coffee this morning. But know, right? there's a certain level of things that we can't change. You know, we can't change or affect how the Pope does a consecration. Mm -hmm. But we can do this. And this is, this is one thing that, that you mentioned already. The only thing we can do as lady is to pray that the Immaculate 
heart of Mary triumphs, that we participate in those in those uh, prayers of reparation to her immaculate heart. You know, I mentioned blasphemies at the top of the hour. There's also blasphemies against the Blessed Virgin Mary. That was one of the reasons why she appeared to the Fatima children. There was a mm. lot of, of blasphemies against her immaculate heart. And it was angering our blessed Lord Jesus to, to the point that we were going to be chastised for it. But there's a lot of, of blasphemies committed against her. And how do we repair that? Well, there's the first, first Saturday devotions. Those are so important. And it's really not that hard. for There's promises attached to them, by the way, which are fantastic promises. It's really not hard for us to participate in these, these devotions and to bring about a little bit of reparation for all of the awful things that we encounter in our day-to-day life. Yeah, this is completely true. And one thing that's so amazing, again, is that as lady, again, we, we, we pray for our bishops, we pray for our Holy Father. We, we pray that we know this is, this is the best part of being Catholic. We know what will entail the triumph of the Immaculate Heart. Our lady has been expressly clear about this, right? We know, we know what God's plan is in this regard. We know that our Lord desires world peace. He desires a conversion of Russia and Russia specifically. And remember at the time of Fatima, this is even before the Bolshevik revolution. So little Portuguese uh, shepherds don't know anything about <laughs> the affairs of World War One and the affairs of state happening literally on the polar end of the world. Right. So the fact that we're talking about this a hundred and change years afterwards should be very significant. And so I just wonder, you know, if this consecration, you know, Pope Francis has said consecration. It's he hasn't said reconsecration. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of interesting oh, yeah. questions, and there is one of, of of great clarity that needs to happen. And my 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 real genuine prayer is that the Holy Father does interpret, does actually do the words of Our Lady quite narrowly, um, because I think that it's evident from all of us that we 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 are not currently at least doesn't seem like we're in a period of peace. Uh, it seems like Russia has very much spreader error, so much so that we have open socialism, communism, uh, the degradation of moral society in the West, especially. Hold that right thought, now. Jordan. Coming up, more breaking news and headlines and our interview with Colton Marks. Don't go away. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever noticed that sometimes it's hard to get along with your family? That sometimes the people in your family are downright uncongenial? Well, G.K. Chesterton says that is precisely why the family is so important, because it is often uncongenial. Every family is filled with the same problematical people that you find everywhere else. And so anyone revolting against the family is simply revolting against mankind. As Chesterton says, Aunt Elizabeth is unreasonable like mankind. Papa is excitable, like mankind. Our youngest brother is mischievous, like mankind. And so, if we can get along with our family, we can get along with anyone. Want more than a minute? Visit our website, chesterton.org. Looking for a Catholic university where the greatest works of Western and Catholic tradition are the foundation for learning, all in an environment that is faithful to the magisterium? Recommended by the Cardinal Newman Society, the University of Dallas offers an exceptional liberal arts education, preserving the wisdom of the past while preparing students for the world-changing futures. Academically excellent, always faithful. Apply today at udallas.edu. 
Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. And here are more headlines for you today. Axios reports Ohio Governor signs concealed firearms bill removing permits requirement. Ohio Governor Mike DeWine signed a bill on Monday that would allow anyone 21 and older who is lawfully allowed to possess a weapon to carry a concealed gun without, without a permit. Ohio is now one of the 23 states with permitless carry laws, also referred as constitutional carry, and it joins states such as Alabama, Iowa, Tennessee, Texas, and Wyoming. And Breitbart reports, Meme Police, DHS scanning employees' social media for conspiracy theories and extremism. The Department of Homeland Security published a report recommending an increased focus on scanning the social media accounts of its employees in order to detect extremism. Among the examples of extremism cited by DHS are a belief that fraud occurred in the 2020 election and objections to current coronavirus policies. And the Epic Times reports Ukraine war creates wheat crisis in Middle East and North Africa, China looking to take advantage. Russia's war with Ukraine is creating worries of a potential global wheat supply crunch, with countries in the Middle East especially standing to lose the most the most due to their dependence on the two nations for the staple. Russia and Ukraine combined account combined account for 29% of global wheat exports, with the Middle East being a major buyer. If Russia captures Ukraine's Odessa port, it can essentially disrupt Kiev's wheat supply to the Middle East and North Africa. And The Hill reports Raskin withdraws Fed vice chair nomination. Sarah Bloom Raskin, who President Biden nominated to serve as Federal Reserve Vice Chair of Supervision, withdrew from consideration on Tuesday after three moderate senators effectively blocked her path to confirmation. In 2020, she urged the Fed not to offer emergency loans to fossil fuel companies, struggling to stay afloat amid the pandemic and criticize investing in oil and gas companies. And those are your headline news this morning. God love you. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up today. Joining us right now via Zoom chat is Colton Marks. He is the editor of the manuscript for the life of the Venerable Louis de Ponte, and it is uh, published by Mediatrix Press. Uh, good morning to you, Colton Marks. Good morning, Joe. How are you? Praise be to God. I am alive, and that counts. How are you, sir? I'm good. I'm doing well. Now, you are, uh, I, I, this real quick, you're in uh, St. Louis, I hear, and you're studying? So I'm, a, I'm currently a senior finishing up studies uh, in art history and philosophy at St. Louis University. Wow, praise be to God. And uh, plans next? What are, you, what are you thinking? What's God calling you to? Uh, I'm, I'm currently working with a few different things, um, but I have no, no specific plans yet. Well, we'll be praying for you for sure. Uh, this is a fascinating uh, book that you have sent us, The Life of the Venerable Louis de Ponte. Uh, I like the description. I'm going to read this a little bit for, for the sake of our listeners. It says, The 16th century was a golden age for the Church in Spain, producing great thinkers such as Victoria and Suarez, and mystics such as St. Teresa of Avila and St. John of the Cross. A jewel hidden among their number is the Venerable Father Louis de Ponte, S.J., born in Valladolid in 1554. De Ponte lived in a pure and innocent life, advancing much in spirituality and learning. He was the administrator of the 
Jesuit order and retire due to ill health to devote himself to spiritual writing. In this book, you will learn the hidden life of the largely unknown father, discover the wonders of his spiritual teaching and his great love for our Lord in the Holy Eucharist, his devotion to Our Lady, as well as the heights of his mystical contemplation. I, I find this fascinating because, you know, it never ceases to surprise me to find hidden gems like this. You think we've got it all We've, we've learned it all. We've, we've discovered it all. But, and yet the church and her patrimony still has more for us. Tell us about this. Well, so my what's, what's interesting is I'm not a big reader. Um, it, it takes a lot for me to get into a book. Uh, in college, the one books that or the, the books that kept coming to me that I could actually read and get through and loved were Lives of the Saints. So my sophomore year, I read um, lives of some of the desert fathers. Mm. And then my junior year, I just started prowling the stacks of the library and would come across these books of all these saints. We have a very extensive theological library at SLU. And, um, and I would just pick random ones off the shelf. And one time I picked up this really big one by Don Bartholomew, or the life of Don Bartholomew, the martyrs that was written by Luisa Granada. Um, and I loved Luisa Granada reading a sinner's guide and that book was too big for me to lug around campus. So I would read that in my apartment and then I needed a smaller book. So I just went through the stacks again and I came across what's been one of the greater acts of providence in my life in college was picking off the life of Luis um, de Ponte. Um, and Luis, I mean, it's it, when I started reading it, um, the first line opens up that he was by birth a Spaniard, a great example and master of Christian perfection, and in the science of mystical theology, one of the most celebrated doctors of his age. And I think the, the beauty of his life, especially the life that was written in 1882 um, in English, it's, it's the edifying thing about it is it shows that this man in many ways was like vir the epitome of virtue. Mm. Um and walking in the Christian life. Um, it wasn't easy. You know, this wasn't something that was just given to him. I think the, the temptation is to think that saints were just like divinely favored all of their lives and they were chosen to be special and that was that. It's like, no, they had to work in the Lord's vineyard. Mm -hmm. And that's what's so beautiful about this book is that it tells the story of his life, but tells it in such an intimate way um, in how he walked in the way of virtue and practicing virtue um, and how he lived union with God and how that was the one thing on his mind at all times. And so I think that because it's structured where you get to a certain point in his life, it talks about his spiritual writings that he started rolling out um, in his infirmed ages. And then it like pauses the narrative of the story and you would get 110 pages of just chapters on all of the virtues starts with charity towards God, then a whole chapter on charity towards neighbor, then a whole chapter on his humility, his faith, his hope in God, his prayer, his devotion to Our Lady, the Blessed Sacrament. So you're not just reading like your stereotypical life of the saint that's bogged down with all this historical content. You're reading, like, like the description says, the intimate life of one who knew only God and desired him alone. Um, and it's just so beautiful because you see this whole life play out. Um, it says that as a young boy, his father died very soon in his life. And so it said that God had become his, his father. Like it was clear that he, he no longer had like an earthly father. God had become his sole father. 
and you see him walking from a young age through this life and then then you get to the point of his death and you're just just overwhelmed with emotion and watching this man practice such heroic virtue in his life live such deep intimacy and then pass on to what the book says the the reward of his many virtues you know what's really interesting to me was in the first few chapters because unfortunately i was only able to read through about page 50 to 60 before uh, the interview but uh, one of the things that happens very early on in the book is the story of the Immaculate Conception and his relationship yeah. with the Immaculate Conception. Could you tell that story? And also noting the fact that this happened before the proclamation of the Immaculate Conception. And we have about three minutes before we go to a break. Yeah, so Luis de Puente, when he was 19 years old, um, had become involved in the in the university systems from where he was from. He studied at the College of St. Um, Gregory, I think, of the Dominican College. Uh, but he hadn't decided any sort of state in life at this point and um, had heard some sermons from this priest with the last name Gutierrez. He was a Jesuit and whatnot. The, the idea of choosing a state of life, he chose through his sermons to renounce all vain things and renounce the world and take on the habit. And he grew up going to a Dominican church and his siblings had all become Dominicans. And so it, the last thing he wanted to do was become a Jesuit. It actually says in the book, he had the greatest repugnance at becoming a Jesuit. Same. <laughs> however, however, one day, now the Immaculate Conception had not been proclaimed dogma at this point. I mean, we're still hundreds of years from that. And so one day, um, Luis de Puente starts to doubt this he doubts this um, idea of the Immaculate Conception, mm. at which point it says the vein of devotion was dried up in his soul. He had wow. no more consolation, yeah, no that. more uh, intimate kind of conversations with God. He had been totally dried up. It was, it was like the peak of his, you know, desolation. And so after months, now it's, uh, you know, if I go through any sort of spiritual desolation for two minutes, I'm like weeping and, you know, crying and <laughs> asking why did God abandon me? He went like months on end, like trying to figure this out, talked to many directors, kept praying and persevered and realized it was because he was doubting the dogma of the or the belief in the Immaculate Conception that this had this vein of devotion dried up in his soul. And Our Lady had chosen him that he may give himself entirely to her. It says that in the, in the story as well. And so he goes and repairs to the altar. Well, at the time, he was also a very renowned intellectual, mainly in the theology and philosophy. And so he was asked to give a public disputation. So where it says that he had obviously bound his heart to this belief, he had not bound his tongue yet, and had was simply giving reasons, you know, theologically why the Immaculate Conception might not be a thing. And, um, Hold that, that point. Hold that thought. We are up against a break. Colton oh, Marks man. is our guest. Yeah, he is the editor of this manuscript of the life of the venerable Louis Duponte. It is published by Mediatrix Press. And we're talking about a hidden gem of a saint here that you probably have never heard of. The website is mediatrixpress.com. But more on this incredible saint is coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Be right back. It's okay for Lent to be a struggle. Christ never promised us fame, riches, or happiness in this life, but rather suffering, poverty, and sacrifice. The desert of Lent helps us discern the need for God. 
we must realize in most cases the desert is more of a path than it is a place for us to live. If we follow in the path of Christ, that is, in his way of the cross, we find not a crown of gold, but a crown of thorns. We must first die if we wish to be reborn. Moses and the Israelites wandered in the desert for 40 years, and Jesus fasted and was tempted in the desert for 40 days. The 40 days of Lent are a time of trial and purification. This Lent, let's leave everything to God, especially if everything seems to be going wrong. This is Matt Maloney from KnowTheFaith.net. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Colton Marx is our guest. He has edited this beautiful manuscript of the life of the Venerable Louis de Ponte. And I'm curious if you've ever heard of this particular particular saint or venerable. Uh, his life is pretty incredible. Welcome back to the show, Colton Marx. Uh, we interrupted you right at the end there. This was a pretty fascinating story. I read this chapter in the book about uh, how he was he felt he found himself on the wrong side of the Immaculate Conception argument, and Our Lady gave him such a grace by zapping all of the infused knowledge out of his brain and uh, and converting him on this issue. So, what happens after that? So, like I said, they, he had bound his heart to this belief, but not his tongue, and was asked to give some theological reasons in a scholastic disputation. I mean, because in the scholastic universities, this was common is you would have people de debate an argument and, you know, kind of parse out all the different um, pieces of the argument and whatnot. And that, that's how this went. Well, he steps into the room and begins to present and all of a sudden, all thoughts, all reasons, all arguments, everything that he had prepared was taken from his, his mind and his memory. So he couldn't recall anything. He was left speechless and in such like dismay and embarrassment, just like runs out of the room, <laughs> goes immediately back to the altar of Our Lady, uh, you know, at the local church and repairs with many tears and heartfelt sorrows and whatnot. And um, this is the point where he receives his vocation, because like I said, he had a repugnance to joining the Society of Jesus because of how new it was. And he wanted to join the Dominicans because they were much more established and he had seen the opposition to the Jesuits throughout the world. So what he wanted to do was, you know, become a Dominican or become a contemplative. And um, But he realized at this point, Our Lady gave him his vocation in these two instances because the Jesuits were such, you know, strong defenders of the Immaculate Conception at this point. So he took that as kind of the divine light to assume the habit of the society of which he does take the habit of the society on the feast of the immaculate Con or he takes his first vows on the feast of the immaculate conception of 1576 but um he had taken the habit of the society two years earlier in 1574 at the year of 20 um and is sent to the novitiate wow i love hearing about you know solid jesuits because the jesuits we have today well you know it's hit or miss but uh, he was he was he was also famous for spiritual direction and 
and giving the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius. And in the, in the manuscript, it says, it was said, of the exercises when given by him, we may say what David formally said of the sword of King Saul and the arrows of Jonathan, that they were never used without taking effect. Can you tell us a little bit more about this part of his life? Yes, so um, his, his life of direction begins somewhat early on um, as a newly ordained priest. He's made the director at Villa Garcia of what was the, the fathers of the third year. Um, and then soon after, that, a few months after he's brought to Villa Garcia, the rector there gets moved. And so he becomes the rector the master of novices and the director of fathers of the third year of this um, specific college at Villa Garcia, which huge undertakings and whatnot, um, of which he takes the guide of souls and it just continually mentions how good he was at this, um, especially in inspiring devotion, you know, within the heart of those who heard him and said that those who would listen to him, you know, would would gain more in one hour of listening to him than many hours of prayer, just because of wow. how, how, you know, holy and virtuous his exhortations were. Um, and I think what's particularly beautiful about the book, especially in how he presents his life, and especially how it presents the way he directs souls, is he has this specific maternal love, um, you know, uh, backed with a paternal strength, if you if you may, like he loved with the greatest of tenderness. And reading this book, you hear him speak to his directees, um, you know, and and just unceasingly, he kept his door continually open mm. when he was uh, master of novices and whatnot for them to come in for anything. And in many ways, he was gifted with graces of reading souls and knowing what was going on at the house at all times. And at one point. This one novice had decided to take his own life in a corner of the house, and Luis de Puente was so overcome with the understanding that this was about to happen that he sprinted into the room and like told him to drop the knife and just pulled him close and told Satan to leave and all of this stuff. And wow. you just see what's beautiful about the story is like he loves so tenderly. And as these stories are told, you you are a part of it. You're mm. a part of his tender love in a way. Um, it talks about, you know, how he would just be so consoling to those who, you know, would fall into melancholy or scruples. And there's almost for any any spiritual um, dryness or difficulty or tribulation that one would be going through, he would be, you know, there consoling mm. in the right matter to the degree where princes and kings and, you know, noble people and people from all over would want to have their confessions heard and direction with him. And he obviously prefer, preferred to serve the poor. So he, he was not all that excited that all these princes were coming to <laughs> talk to him about spiritual matters, but um, that's awesome. He would, you know, he one thing that you reminded me of and when you're talking about him running over to save this young novice's life, was uh, when he was talking about his success in the confessional, one of the stories, it reads, uh, he found himself so ill from the effects of his journey joined to his own complaints as to be almost at death's door. And on reaching the lodgings, he was con uh, conveyed to bed when a young girl appeared yelling, Father, Father, come immediately and hear my mother's confession, lest the poor thing should die. 
This was quite enough to make the holy man forget his own illness. He jumped out of bed and hurried off to help her. But notwithstanding all his haste, on arriving at the woman's house, the same child met him and shrieked, Oh, my poor mother, the devil has run away with her. The servant of God rebuked her, saying, Child, what is this disgraceful way of speaking? Go on, where is a sick woman? The child replied, Oh, my dear father, my poor mother has died suddenly, and the devil has carried her away. Oh, father, if you only knew what a wicked woman she was. And uh, he goes on, that he was at this dreadful recital, the holy man was terrified and humbly adored the tremendous judgments of God, and with the aid of his companion regained the inn, though not without great difficulty. Whenever he related this incident, he always seemed filled with solitary fear. Even in his old age, he used to say, it is a good thing for me that as far as I was concerned, the poor creature would not have been without help if when called I had deferred but for one moment. I should have been inconsolable all the rest of my life. Uh, Could you talk a little bit about that little passage right there and how that relates to his life and his zeal for souls? Yeah, I think unsee um, well because when you first started reading that, I thought you were reading the passage about the many hours he would spend um, on his knees, bedside, hearing confessions because mm. he would continually. I mean, he just with with gout, with any sort of infirmity, he would sometimes be bound to his bed for years. And in the chapters on his oh, virtues, wow. it it talks about well for months, and then it was just like just always recurring. And so he's he suffered from great infirmities for for almost his entire life um, and on and off, but sometimes he would spend entire months and months at a time, just like constrained to his bed, except for when he had to say masks um, or hear confessions. And sometimes he would be reduced to such strength that all he could do was kneel bedside and have the penitents come up to the door and he would hear the confession. And so that's amazing. This, 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 and, and the Jesuits even had doctors come in on multiple occasions, and the doctors were like, he's clearly got a d- physician, and that physician's divine. Um, <laughs> it's it's almost like John Biani, where you know his, his life was sustained in health by the work of a miracle. Mm. You know, there's, there's, but Luis de Puente had such a zeal for souls, and but also at the same time, as we see kind of with this salutary fear that builds up from this instance and in him judging you know understanding the judgments of god is i mean he's incredibly he's incredibly understanding of like god is the one who's affecting all of these good things within his soul and is sustaining him in virtue and sustaining him in um these holy works and hearing confessions and so you know it's 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 a it's a great testament to god is the one who makes us saints yeah um and we're the ones who correspond to those graces and so he corresponded Amen. to the grace to jump up and just, you know, get to this woman's bedside as quickly as possible mm. um, to to not a victory. However, he understood, you know, that 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 God it was it was God's, you know, um, it was God's action that would save her or not save her. And he was just there to be an instrument. Now, we are down to just about two minutes now left in our conversation with uh, Colton Marks about this book, The Life of the Venerable Louis de, uh, de Ponte, and it's published by Mediatrix Press. Is there a, still a, a, a cultist around him? I mean, is I mean, I imagine he being a sort of a forgotten saint that not too many people have a veneration to him. Have you had any information on that? Um, so I did. I did a deep dive one time. Um, through kind of some archival, like, I mean, just looking through spiritual writings and whatnot. 
and he's referred to at the time, I mean, was just greatly venerated. Um, now, you know, with, with the turn of the 20th century, you see him being referred to in some spiritual writings by like Father Lassance or a few other spiritual writings. His meditations were published to some degree, um, his, his meditations and writings, but most of his stuff hasn't been translated into English. Mm. Um, his, his meditations have, there's been the, the book on his life, but other than that, um, the accessibility to his writings have, have kind of yeah, um, sure. gone out the back door. And so he's just, he's a diff, he's a difficult saint or, or venerable to come across yeah. um, just because of the, the lack of access to his life. Um, and so he, so he's just very little understood and he's from, he's a Spanish saint. And so it's, you know, it's, it's not, um, well, right praise be to God. Colton Marks, thank you for your time today. It's been a pleasure to get to know this incredible gem of our church, the life of the venerable Louis DuPonte. It's uh, published by Mediatrix Press. I encourage you to check it out. Go to mediatrixpress.com and search for this book. But Colton Marks, God bless you. God love you. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you so much. God bless you. All right. Praise be to God. That is going to do it for hour number one of Catholic Drive 10. We're very grateful that you hung out with us today in this hour. Great conversation. I really appreciate Rudy Carlos stepping up and hosting the show. Praise be to Jesus. If you can and you're able, join us in the next hour. It's going to be a fun time. Rudy is going to play the game. It's going to have a laugh. You're going to learn something. Go to grnonline.com forward slash C. Thank you for joining us on your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Hey, Donnie, who were the first two people God created? Adam and Eve. There you go. And what did we inherit from them? Original sin. As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children. And if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network by logging online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love, and pass it on. St. Benedict became a saint because he continually sought God. One Minute Monk, Abbot Placid Solari of Belmont Abbey. Benedictine monks do the same. Upon entering the monastery, a monk takes three vows, commitment to live monastic life, stability in monastic life, and obedience. These vows are powerful words. By them, we define who we are. We state our identity. Then we spend a lifetime growing into that ideal. What about your own life? Who have you said that you are? Does your life honestly reflect your words? Is who you have said you are truly who you yearn to be? For your free copy of The Rule of St. Benedict, visit OneMinuteMonk.com. 
O-N-E, MinuteMonk.com. It's important to watch our words, choose them carefully, say what we mean, and, of course, live what we say. Your Odyssey begins at the University of Dallas, the premier Catholic liberal arts university in Texas. With campuses in Irving and Italy, UD's rigorous core curriculum sets it apart. An education rooted in the great works of Catholic and Western tradition. An education that ennobles and enables students in their pursuit of wisdom, truth, and virtue. Undergraduate, graduate, and certificate programs available. Start your college odyssey at the University of Dallas today. Go to udallas.edu to learn more. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Christus Vincit, Christus Regnat, Christus Imperat. This is Rudy Carlos. Thank you for joining us today for Catholic Drive Time. What a fantastic first hour of the show. It was an incredible interview with, uh, with uh, Colton Marks about the life of Venerable Louis de Ponte. You can clearly see a movement of the movement of, the, of providence in his life there. And coming up next, we have your saint and gospel of the day and fantastic good news story, followed by our game show, Fear and, and Trembling. trembling. <laughs> Prizes are at stake. And uh, I'll tell you what, if you want to call ahead and participate, uh, the number is one eight seven 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 five seven nine four two four. So if you want to call ahead, be on the line. That'll actually help us a lot. You can call <laughs> us at one eight seven 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 fifty seven ninety four twenty four. One eight seven 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 five seven nine four two four. And uh, I'm joined by the illustrious ah I like the that legendary i gotta google that illustrious Jesus robles yes and i am so excited uh this morning because we do have fear and trembling we have uh, uh this is the traditional game show and we have lots of uh, prizes we have a catholic game uh pack so if you want to win this uh, pack uh it's very easy call one eight seven 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 five seven nine four two four right now yes sir we're also joined by Jordan Pacheco from the Glad Trad Podcast. Oh, yes, I am. It's very kind of you to finally remember this second hour. <laughs> maybe I was thinking maybe the, the Our Lady zapped that infused knowledge from my mind for some reason. Does Our Lady condemn our podcast? Because that will shut it down if I, so. Yeah, I would, I would end it in a heartbeat if that was true. Okay, well, there we go. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Jesus, you know, you're right about to go on to vacation. Yes, uh, we're about to head to um, the border. Are you uh, excited? By Hermoso, Tamaulipas. I am super excited just to nice. breathe in some of that Mexico air. It smells different. It smells a little bit different. There's no regulations over there. <laughs> <laughs> you, got, you got all the vehicles blowing all kinds of smoke over there. So, you know, anyway. Yeah, that's true. It's, uh, and, 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 of course, the trucks, they blow so much smoke over there. It, it, it just... It's a hazard to be driving behind a, <laughs> one of those buses. Well, that's exciting. I'm yeah. I'm happy for you. That's that's so cool. You know, I was supposed to go on vacation, but uh, they called me into work here. So, mm. <laughs> yes. yes, new guy can't take vacation nope. until uh, I don't know a two year. years from now. Two years, yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. 
I'm glad you stuck around for this second hour. We're going to have the, uh, as I mentioned, the Gospel of the Day, Saint of the Day coming up soon, and a good news story coming out from Sinaloa, Mexico. Shout mm. out to uh, Sinaloa. That's my mother's hometown. <laughs> I love when you do this. I got to say that's Sinaloa. Amazing. <laughs> so we got that, and we have Fear and Trembling coming up, but I want to stop and thank Melanie Burgess and the Cornejo Hernandez family for generously sponsoring the their day to offer and fast, offer and fast and pray for the most ardent blasphemers and heretics. We have a Lenten p- campaign going on. We have all the days filled out, but you can still offer your prayers and fasting for the conversion of heretics and blasphemers, the really hardened hearts. Maybe it was us at one point in our life. We just we just needed the prayer of a stranger, and we didn't know, we probably won't know on this side of heaven who that person was, but it's so important for us to pray for these people. Our Lady of Fatima told us that many souls go to hell because of this reason. You know, they have no, re- no, no one to pray for them. It's so true. Uh, so I want to thank you guys again, Melanie Burgess and the Cornejo Hernandez family. And uh, if you want to join the GRN Online uh, email list, you can go to grnonline.com slash cdt. We send out a an email once a week so we don't harass you all that often. I promise you it's not it's not like uh, signing up to a store where they send you a million, a million and one emails for you to go and spend money at their store. We just send out an uh, email once a week and we inform you about what's going on here at Catholic Drive Time. Or, you know, better yet, you got your phone next to you, right? I mean, let's be honest. You're probably watching us from the phone right now. Take out your phone and uh, text GRN to 42828. GRN 42828. All right, let's jump in. We're going to pray the Golden Arrow Prayer for reparation for blasphemies. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. May the most holy, most sacred, most adorable, most incomprehensible and unutterable name of God be always praised, blessed, loved, adored, and glorified in heaven, on earth, and under the earth by all the creatures of God and by the most sacred heart of our Lord Jesus Christ in the most holy sacrament of the altar. Amen. All Amen. right. Now let's do a good news story. This one's coming out from LifeSite News. Catholic Church in Mexico will deny communion to politicians who voted for abortion. The Catholic Diocese of Culiacán told politicians who voted to legalize abortions in Sinaloa, Mexico this month that they may not receive Holy Communion. Can a deputy or any person who professes to be Catholic while openly promoting, cooperating, or legislating against life receive Holy Communion? No. You cannot approach sacramental communion, Diocese official Father Miguel Gagiola told lawmakers according to the Catholic News Agency. Last week, Sinaloa became the seventh state in Mexico to legalize the killing of unborn babies and abortions up to 13 weeks. Most states still protect unborn babies from abortion, but a ruling by the National Supreme Court last year decriminalizing abortion has emboldened abortion activists to push for pro-abortion laws across the country. Gagiola told Catholic lawmakers who voted to legalize abortion may not receive Holy Communion or become godparents in the diocese. By voting to allow the killing of unborn babies, these lawmakers place themselves in an unworthy state to receive the body of Christ, he said. Praise God. Today, we have many people scandalized by the public betrayal of the church's teaching on faith and morals by those legislators who call themselves Catholic. Gahila continued, indeed, the questioning of the faithful makes sense. How can a Catholic who openly promotes and is in favor of policies contrary to life 
come to Mass and approach and take Holy Communion. He said the Church believes in the value of every human life, from conception to natural death, and being personally pro-life is not a legitimate argument for supporting the legalization of abortion. And that was your good news story. God love you. And now for the saint of the day, Saint Aban, missionary and hermit. Some say he was an Irish missionary. Others say that he was a secular Briton, the son of a wealthy consul of the court of King Vortigen. He is said to have been present during the Stonehenge during what was supposed to be an Anglo-Briton peace conference around 456 A.D. In later years, the occasion became known as the Night of the Long Knives because the Saxons massacred all the British nobility gathered there. Aban was one of the few to escape this atrocity. He lived. He fled north until he reached the Thames Valley. The slaughter he had witnessed so horrified him that Aban decided to settle there and devote his life to prayer. The local king was impressed by his devotion and granted him a large piece of land around Sunningwell. There, he built himself a little hermitage and lived humbly on nuts and berries. At first, there was no fresh water, but in answer to Aban's prayers, a spring miraculously appeared outside his door. Soon, the place became well known as Aban's Hill, and many men came there to seek his advice and joined him in his mission. They built a little chapel to St. Mary on the hill where 60 monks lived, keeping a continuous round of services. But Aban's followers grew in vast numbers that 500 other monks are said to have lived like him by their labors as hermits in surrounding woods, returning to the chapel only on Sundays and on festivities. All that got too crowded for Aban. Then he decided to come down the hill and go to Ireland to seek a deeper solitude for more prayer. Saint Aben, pray for us. The gospel of today, Matthew 20, 17 to 28. As Jesus was going to Jerusalem, he took the 12 disciples aside by themselves and said to them on the way, Behold, we're going up to Jerusalem. The Son of Man will be handed over to the chief priests and scribes, and they will condemn him to death and hand him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and scourged and crucified, and he will be raised on the third day. Then the mother of the sons of Seventy approached Jesus with her sons and did him homage, wishing to ask him something. He said to her, What do you wish? She answered to him, Command that these two sons of mine sit one at your right and the other at your left in your kingdom. Jesus said in reply, You do not know what you're asking. Can you drink the chalice that I'm about to drink? They said to him, We can. He replied, My chalice you will indeed drink. But to sit at my right hand and at my left, this is not mine to give, but for these, for whom has been prepared for by my father. When the ten heard this, they became indignant at the two brothers. But Jesus summoned them and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord over them and the great want make their authority over them felt. But it shall not be so among you. Rather, whoever wishes to be great among you shall be a servant. Whoever wishes to be first among you shall be slave. Just so the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. In previous occasions, Jesus, Jesus has spoken about this, about his passion. 
But in this passage, Jesus foresees the collaboration of the Jewish leaders and the Roman authorities in bringing about his death by means of crucifixion. Now with this, if you're leading others, shepherding others, you must be willing to go to the cross. We continue to discuss the power, the positions of the church, who is worthy, who is not worthy. If you wish to be great, then you must be willing to serve. Whoever wishes to be the first, then you must also be the last. The Son of Man came to serve and not to be served. Now there's some issues that we always replace our Lord with, and Bishop Robert Barron talks about this in his book. There are four classic substitutes to God, wealth, pleasure, power, and honor. The two brothers specifically wanted the last two, which was power and honor. Power is not in itself a bad thing, and at the same time is true honor. Thomas Aquinas said that honor is the flag of virtue. It is a way of signaling to others something that is worth noticing. So then what's the problem, says Bishop Barron? The problem is that they are seeking for these last two things in the wrong spirit. The ego, the ego will want to use power not for God's purpose, but for the service of, in truth, service of truth, beauty, and goodness, but for its own aggrandizement and defense. When honor is sought for its own sake or in order to puff up the ego, it becomes a dangerous thing. What? is the way out that Jesus is proposing. Jesus tells us, whoever wishes to be great among you must be servants, and whoever wishes to be first amongst you must also be your slave. When you serve others, when you become the last, you are accessing the power of God and seeking the honor of God. So make sure that you praise Him in everything that you do. A lot of times we want to be leaders in the church, but we don't understand the positions of leadership is actually a crucible. These positions may be the president of the, of the Guadalupe Society, may be the grand knights of your church, it may be the leaders of the cursillos, altar society, the church festival chair, etc., etc. These positions are more than just a title. Now, when you're elected to these positions and truly embody what you're supposed to be doing in that position, not only does it require a charitable person, but an individual that has donative love, willing to serve, willing to teach others with great charity, willing to lead with humility. A lot of the times when we become leaders in these groups, we tend to take so much ownership of these groups that we tend to alienate others from the group and say, no, we do things this way and it never will change. And we push out the youngsters, the young people that want to serve. Let's not take the zealous ownership, but let's remain in what is the, the actual uh, challenge, which is to attract new people into these positions of leadership and allow others to participate. It's a humbling experience when you decide to take a position of leadership. It's true for our bishops, our pastors, our CCE leaders that are going through this. Now, I'm not saying not to undertake these leadership roles. We need leaders in our church. We need people to take ownership in a responsible way. But we need you also to guide others into these positions and shepherd them, teach them how to take roles. As we see uh, Rudy Carlos and we see Adrian Fonseca, uh, our, our friend Joe McLean has been doing an awesome job in, in bringing new talent, in, in, in molding new talent in Catholic radio.
let's do the same by molding others to be cruciform in the love of Christ. Now, coming up next is going to be the Catholic Game Show. Call right now. It's one 757 9424 We have great prizes. one 757 9424 Are there any basic rules for doing apologetics? 1 Peter 3.15 says, Always be prepared to make a defense. Always be prepared, Scripture tells us. How can we always be prepared to make a defense of our faith? Rule number one, pray. Pray to the Holy Spirit that He give you the courage to share your faith and the wisdom to choose your words carefully and profitably. Rule number two, you don't have to know everything right now. Learn a little bit more about your faith each and every day. Read Scripture. Read the Catechism. Listen to apologetics tapes. Listen to Catholic radio. Learn a little bit at a time. Rule number three, Luke 5, verse 10. Do not be afraid. Henceforth, you will be catching men. Jesus said this to Peter, but he's also saying it to us. Will you make mistakes and get into tight spots when you start sharing your faith with others? Yes, of course you will. But Peter made mistakes, and he got into tight spots. Yet Jesus told Peter not to be afraid. Why? Because if we are sincere in our desire to share the truth with others, to share Jesus Christ with others, then Jesus will find a way to make good come from even our mistakes. Rule number four, always view a question about your faith or even an attack on your faith as an opportunity, an opportunity to share the truth. Rule number five, don't get frustrated. Catholics often get frustrated by what I call the doctrinal dance. You get asked about purgatory, Mary, the Pope, the sacraments, all in rapid fire succession. Before you can answer one question, you're asked another, then another. Just keep bringing the discussion back to one topic until you've said all you want to say, then move on. Rule number six, never be afraid to say, I don't know when asked a question about your faith. Don't try to wing it. However, always follow I don't know with, but I will find out and get back to you and make sure you do. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Good morning. Catholic Drive Time Show is on the air, and this is the moment where we play Fear and Trembling. We have a caller on the line at 1-877-757-9424. This is a moment to laugh and learn in this uh, game show. Now, what what, what are we going to do? Please, what are we going to do? We're going to learn today. Yes, we're going to have three Trivia questions that I'm going to ask Rudy and I'm going to ask Jordan. Now, uh, let's let's we don't know Jordan how tricky Jordan is. We know that Rudy is very tricky. We know he's extremely tricky, but we don't know what Jordan is. We need we, we need to try out Jordan and see if he's going to be extremely tricky this morning. I'm now, an utter saint. I'm an utter saint. Uh, <laughs> oh, I got to watch out for that. Now, it's very easy. For the person that is on the line, you don't have to know the answer. That is so cool. What you have to go with is with your gut. 
and and choose either uh, Rudy's answer or choose Jordan's answer. So and then we'll go with that. If you if you get the answers right, then you, we put your name on the cup of divine providence, and you get to win an amazing uh, CDT prize pack on Friday. We're gonna put you in the drawing and see if you win. Now we got a phone caller on the line, and I believe they're calling from Arlington, Texas. Excellent. Yes, yes, la señorita Patrick. How are you doing? Good morning, Patrick. One second. Here we go. Patrick, can you hear us? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, oh, perfect. she's on the line. Welcome to the CDT this morning. Patrick, uh, do you know how this game is played? I believe so. So you ask a question mm -hmm. to the two other people on, on air with you, yes. and I'm supposed to choose between the two responses? Yes. Now, who do you think is going to be more tricky? You think it's going to be Rudy that's going to be the tricky one? Or do you think it's going to be Jordan, the, the, the new guy Jordan. here on the block? Yo. Jordan. <laughs> Jordan. Oh, okay. Jordy. Wow. Thanks, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Patrick. So uh you you got your coffee already? You got you got your energy going? You're ready to go? Yeah, I'm ready. All I'm right. ready. All right, so here we go. We're gonna go uh as traditionally known here. We're gonna go to our friend Rudy. Rudy, are you ready? I am so ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. Estás listo, Rudy. Eh. Rodolfo. Sí. Muy bien, muy bien. So <laughs> let's go with the first question. And the first question is, what is destroyed when the Pope dies? Let's what go is, with Rudy. What is destroyed when the Pope dies? Mm -hmm. uh, Pope's dreams? Mm. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh. Okay, okay. All right, all right. Well, Sorry about that. Actually, what gets destroyed is his papal ring. The papal ring. Yeah. Okay. All right. Rudy says the papal ring. Huh. Let's go for a, a second option right there with our friend Jordan. Jordan, what do you say? What say you on this one? Yeah, Patrick, uh, Rudy's lying to you. So uh, it's actually a papal <laughs> candle. Each pope gets a candle on ascent to the papacy, and that gets destroyed. Uh, okay, okay, okay. Is it beeswax? <laughs> Is it beeswax? <laughs> Is it 100%? Uh, yeah, 100% beeswax. Beeswax? 50%. Yeah, yeah, 100% beeswax, 10% uh, coolness. So, yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. So so there it is, uh, Patrick. You heard Jordan say that they burned a nice candle. And uh, Rudy says they burned his papal ring. What say you? Is it Rudy or is it Jordan? It's Jordan. Jordan? You think it's Jordan? Uh, yeah. is, are you sure? Are you sure about that? Uh, yeah, I'll go with Jordan. It makes more sense for me. Okay, that they burn a candle. Oh, no, no! <laughs> no. I got him! Yeah. Oh, I'm so I love sorry. you. Me dolió el corazón, my heart. My heart. Jordan, you, you are sneaky. You're a sneaky Ooh, brother right there, sorry. Jordan. <laughs> All right, all right. But hey, don't worry about that. We're going to go over the next next question. You still got mm -hmm. two shots to enter into this cup of divine providence. So we go with the next question. Uh, are you ready, Jordan, for this one? Yes. Oh, it's right. Right. Patrick, are you are, are you okay, Patrick? Are you breathing right there on the line? We're still friends. We're okay. still yeah, friends. Yeah. Can you blow some air on the <laughs> phone? I want to hear you. I want to hear you breathe. Can you breathe on the phone? Yeah, I can breathe. Okay, here we go. All right, all right. So number two, question number two. Here we go. Okay, so what? Which angel appeared to Zachariah to announce the birth of John the Baptist? What angel appeared to Zachary to announce the birth of John the Baptist? Let's hear uh, Jordan right there. Yes, so uh, you got to trust me on this one, Patrick. This is actually going to be the angel Gabriel, hmm. I think. This hmm. Time. hmm. 
Hmm, Angel. Okay, okay. All right. So you say Gabriel right there, Jordan. All right. So let's go with uh, the sneaky uh, Rudy over here and uh, see what he says. <laughs> sneaky Rudy. Go ahead. Sneaky Rudy. Okay. What angel appeared to Zachary to announce the birth of John the Baptist? John the Baptist. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Right, right. Hmm, hmm. That's uh, the hmm. archangel Donatello. Donatello. <laughs> yeah. Donatello. Don't cut you my answer. <laughs> but, oh, all right, all right, all right. So Donatello there. Man, is that one of the um, one of the uh, Ninja Turtles? No, what no, is no? that? Wait, what's a Ninja Turtle? <laughs> oh, okay, you guys are too too fresh right here. All right, all right. So so there it is, Patrick from Arlington. We have um, our friend Jordan saying that it's a uh, Gabriel, and uh, Sneaky Rudy is saying that Donatello from the uh, Ninja Turtles. Um, <laughs> what say you on this answer? Is it Rudy? Is it Jordan? What do you say? I would stick with Jordan. 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 Mm, just see Jordan. Are you sure? Yeah. We've been yeah. through this one before. Sure. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. 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 That's the Thank grito. You, of, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the grito of victory. Can you do a grito of victory with me, Patrick? Yes. Like this. Can you do it? Oh. Amazing. All right, all right. So, That's so there incredible. It there it is. We <laughs> should all do it at the same time. Patrick now enters officially into the cup of divine providence. Here's my little cup right here. Mm-mm-mm. I'm not going to put oh, any more coffee into that's this. That's providential. <laughs> that's very providential right here. Check it out. Check it out. Mm, isn't it pretty? All right. <laughs> that's the original. Yes. Now let's go with the question number three. Patrick, are you ready for this? Please take a breather right there. Please yes. relax, sit down, and enjoy this question. All right. <laughs> all the way from Arlington, Texas. Which apostle was not in the room when Jesus visited them after his crucifixion and death. Here we go. Which apostle was not in the room when Jesus visited them after his crucifixion and death? Sneaky Rudy, what is your answer? Who wasn't there? Who wasn't there? Well, hmm. You mean because he was alive? Hmm. He was alive, but he wasn't there. Right? Hmm. Yes. I'm going to go hmm. with uh, Judas. Judas? He was, yeah, Judas was alive, right? Hmm. Hmm. Judas. Okay, Judas. All right. Is that, is that a tricky, tricky answer? Tricky? Uh, tricky, tricky? Yeah. Tricky, Rudy? Okay. All right. All right. Tricky, we'll tricky see. answer right there, right, uh, Patrick? So here we go with, uh, yeah. let, let's go with Jordan. Which apostle was not in the room when Jesus visited them after his crucifixion and hmm. death? Jordan, what do you say? Interesting. Um, wow, there's like a bunch to pick from. Hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Thomas, hmm. the one who's not a tank engine, to be exact. <laughs> is, is that is that doubting Thomas? Yes, this would be this would probably be doubting Thomas. Is, is As in, the, I doubt that he was in the room. Is that the one that says, <laughs> uh, "Hmm, I, I only if I see his uh, his wounds, then I will believe." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. The, the oh, that reasonable. All. Okay, all right, here we go. So there it is, Patrick from Arlington. We have. Uh, Rudy saying that it's uh, Jude. Judas. Judas. And uh, we have on the other side, Jordan saying that it's Doubting Thomas. What say you? I say Mm -hmm. Doubting Thomas. Doubting Thomas? Mm. Is that that your answer? Is that? Yes. Is it final? Yeah. My answer. The final answer. (laughs) You got it, Patrick. I need to trust each other. (laughs) You got me. You, you had me scratching with this back scratcher right now. I was just worried about you were not going to get the right one. So there it is. You enter into the cup of divine providence twice times two square. Okay. 
Patrick Square? Patrick, this is what you're going to win, all right? So recently we just discovered that there was a devious plot to counterfeit the coffee cup of divine providence. So instead of destroying them, you know, we got tons of them. Uh You can win one. So Hmm. we're going to draw, we're going to draw on Friday. And I hope you tune in on Friday to, uh, to see who, who makes it out of the coffee cup of divine Mm. providence. La copa de la divina providencia. Now, uh, Patrick, uh, you speak French. Yes, I do speak French. Okay, can you can you give us a couple of verses there in uh, in, in in French? Comment allez-vous le français, le petit vous? Je m'appelle Jesus Robles. Je m'appelle Patrick Zali Sonia. Je vis à Arlington, Texas. Oh, oui, 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 oui. Et je suis très content d'avoir participé au jeu. I'm happy for being with you guys this morning. What else can, do you want me to say? <laughs> okay, can, can, you, can you do a, a, a little prayer for us? A 30-second yeah, prayer? Yeah, go ahead. Au nom du Père et du Fils et du Saint-Esprit, Amen. Père, nous voulons te dire merci pour ce jour encore que tu nous as permis d'être ensemble. Merci pour ton souffle de vie que tu as renouvelé. Donne béni à la radio catholique qui nous permet de suivre la parole chaque matin. Béni Jordan, Rudy et le journaliste qui a participé qui nous présente l'émission chaque matin. Et en cette période de carême, nous prions, Père éternel, que ton amour sera bon au milieu de nous. Amen. Ouais, Amen. Oui, oui, oui. Praise God. That sounds amazing in French. Amen. Je suis comme ci, comme ça. Ah, je suis comme ci, comme ça. Je comme ci, comme ça. J'ai tourné le français pour 12 ans à l'école. Uh, dance on l'école. Something like that. Yeah. Something or other. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and I think my French is done. It's over right there. Uh, <laughs> it's right there. <laughs> on the talk accent, see, sweet. Uh, merci beaucoup. Thank you so much for uh, joining us on this uh, game. Do not hang up. We're going to get your information. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to be uh, back again, same time, same hour, Catholic drive time. We have a spectacular guests, spectacular, um, uh, the, the, the saint of the day. We have the, um, you know, everything of the day. We have a lot of good stuff. So join us at bright and early here in Catholic drive time. Share us with a friend if you have us right now. All right. And join us tomorrow. Uh, for those of you that want to join us in the after show, we're going to stick around here on social media on our Facebook platforms. Uh, we'll be right back. This is the CDT Catholic Drive Time Show. Y'all take care. Be blessed. God love you and God bless you. Thank you for joining us on your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Welcome to the Holy Mass at Our Lady of Corpus Christi Chapel. Today we celebrate Wednesday of the second week of Lent. The intention for today's Mass is for all of our online viewers and for those joining us through Guadalupe Radio. 
Again we keep this solemn fast, a gift of faith from ages past. This land which binds us lovingly to faith and hope and charity. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. Brothers and sisters, let us call to mind our sins, and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to, to Almighty God, God and, and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done, in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. Keep your family, O Lord, schooled always in good works, and so comfort them with your protection here, as to lead them graciously to gifts on high. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Jeremiah. The people of Judah and the citizens of Jerusalem said, Come, let us contrive a plot against Jeremiah. It will not mean the loss of instruction from the priests, nor of counsel from the wise, nor of messages from the prophets. And so let us destroy him by his own tongue. Let us carefully note his every word. Heed me, O Lord, and listen to what my adversaries say. Must good be repaid with evil, that they should dig a pit to take my life? Remember that I stood before you to speak in their behalf, to turn away your wrath from them. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Save me, O Lord, in your kindness. Save, Save me, O Lord, in your kindness. You will free me from the snare they set for me, for you are my refuge. Into your hands I commend my spirit. You will redeem me, O Lord, O faithful God. Save me, O Lord, in your kindness. I hear the whispers of the crowd that frighten me from every side as they consult together against me, plotting to take my life. Save me, O Lord, in your kindness. But my trust is in you, O Lord. I say, you are my God. In your hands is my destiny. Rescue me from the clutches of my enemies and my persecutors. 
Save me, O Lord, in your kindness. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. I am the light of the world, says the Lord. Whoever follows me will have the light of life. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. As Jesus was going up to Jerusalem, he took the twelve disciples aside by themselves and said to them on the way, Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be handed over to the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death, and hand him over to the Gentiles, to be mocked and scourged and crucified, and he will be raised on the third day. Then the mother of the sons of Zebedee approached Jesus with her sons, and did him homage wishing to ask him for something. He said to her, What do you wish? She answered, Command that these two sons of mine sit, one at your right and the other at your left, in your kingdom. Jesus said in reply, You do not know what you are asking. Can you drink the chalice that I am going to drink? They said to him, We can. He replied, my chalice you will indeed drink, but to sit at my right and at my left, this is not mine to give, but is for those whom it has been prepared by my father. When the ten heard this, they became indignant at the two brothers. But Jesus summoned them and said, You know how the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and the great ones make their authority felt over them but it shall not be so among you. Rather, whoever wishes to be great among you shall be your servant. Whoever wishes to be first among you shall be your slave. Just so, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. We continue our Lenten journey. Today's readings offer us with a couple of very valuable lessons. The first one comes from the book of the prophet Jeremiah, where we hear that the adversaries of Jeremiah are plotting evil against him. And as they are considering how they're going to do away with Jeremiah and cast him away, they ultimately dream that if they do such a thing, that there will be no consequences for their actions that it will not lead to a loss of instruction from the priest, nor of counsel from the wise, nor of messages from the prophets. In other words, they think that they're going to be able to do evil, or they're going to be able to sin, and that there won't be any repercussions for their action. And that for us is an important lesson of the spiritual life, which is namely that sin always has consequences. It has consequences for us personally, but even perhaps worse than that, it also has consequences on the people around us 
it has consequences on the body of Christ, the church. And therefore, in this season of Lent, a season of penance, it is a reminder to us that we are called with all of our strength, perseverance, and might, with the grace of God, we should strive to root out sin, because we should never imagine that there are no consequences or repercussions to actions which are not morally correct. In today's Gospel, we hear a little bit about the temptation toward ambition that a couple of the apostles had, namely James and John, and kind of spearheaded by their mother and her ambition for them to be seated at the right and the left of the Lord in the kingdom of heaven. It's quite interesting, the word ambition comes from the Latin word ambitionem, which means to go around. In other words, the root of the word comes from the fact that people who are striving for higher places, they tend to have to kind of go around the heart of the matter and kind of through back channels and going around to different, different individual people, find ways to kind of flatter and to find ways to kind of get the necessary votes to achieve the position which they are striving to attain. And in today's Gospel, Jesus tells his disciples very clearly with respect to being a disciple of Jesus, with respect to obtaining the kingdom of God, uh, there is no going around the fact that everyone has to go through the cross of Jesus. That each of us is called to pick up our cross that we have been given, that we are called not to flee from the cross, not to try and run around it, but rather to embrace our cross as Jesus did, to carry it and to follow after him. And so my brothers and sisters, as we go forward today, let us ask God for the grace that we would truly strive with all our heart to rule out any sinful elements in our life, knowing that there are consequences and repercussions to sinful choices. And let us ask the Lord to free us from all ambition or from uh, different political aspirations which we may have even within structures of the church or within the spiritual life. And let us ask God for the grace that we would always embrace the cross that we have been given in life, that we would carry it faithfully and follow after Jesus. Amen. Trusting in our Father's love and mercy, let us bring our petitions before him. We pray for our Holy Father, Pope Francis, and for all bishops for their physical and spiritual well-being. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayers. We pray for government leaders that they would be inspired by the wisdom and counsel of the Holy Spirit to enact laws which safeguard the dignity of human life at every phase and to be men and women of peace. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayers. We pray for the sick and the suffering, that they would be given consolation in their faith and the courage and perseverance to unite their sufferings with Christ on the cross. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayers. We pray for our family, friends, benefactors, for all those who have asked for our prayers, for all those joining us online and through radio, and for all those enrolled in the Salt Mass Association. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayers. We pray in this holy season of Lent that we would apply ourselves fully to rooting out sin and to taking up our cross. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayers. 
We pray for an increase in vocations to the priesthood and religious life. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayers. We pray for the repose of the soul of the faithful departed and for all the souls in purgatory. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayers. And for those intentions that we hold in our heart. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayers. Merciful Father, we thank you for hearing our petitions and granting our prayers through Christ our Lord. Amen. <clears throat> what wondrous love is this, O my soul, O my soul? What wondrous love is this, O my soul? What wondrous love is this that caused the Lord of bliss to bear the dreadful curse for my soul, for my soul? to bear the dreadful curse for my soul. To God and to the Lamb I will sing, I will sing. To God and to the Lamb I will sing. To God and to the Lamb, who is the great I am, while millions join the theme, I will sing, I will sing. While millions join the theme, I will sing. Pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and the good of all his holy church. Look with favor, Lord, on the sacrificial gifts we offer you, and by this holy exchange undo the bonds of our sins, through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and eternal God, through Christ our Lord. For by your gracious gift each year, your faithful await the sacred Paschal Feast with the joy of minds made pure, so that more eagerly intent on prayer and on the works of charity and participating in the mysteries by which they have been reborn, they may be led to the fullness of grace that you bestow on your sons and daughters. And so with angels and archangels, with thrones and dominions, and with all the hosts and powers of heaven, 
we sing the hymn of your glory, as without end we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth, plenis uncelli et terra, gloria tua, Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus, qui venit in nomine Domini, Hosanna in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, and all you have created rightly gives you praise. For through your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, by the power and working of the Holy Spirit, you give life to all things and make them holy. And you never cease to gather a people to yourself, so that from the rising of the sun to its setting, a pure sacrifice may be offered to your name. Therefore, O Lord, we humbly implore you, by the same Spirit, graciously make holy these gifts we have brought to you for consecration, that they may become the body and blood of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ at whose command we celebrate these mysteries. For on the night he was betrayed, he himself took bread, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, and gave the chalice to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith, when we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim your death, O Lord, until you come again. Therefore, O Lord, as we celebrate the memorial of the saving passion of your Son, his wondrous resurrection and ascension into heaven, and as we look forward to a second coming, we offer you in thanksgiving this holy and living sacrifice. Look, we pray, upon the oblation of your church, and recognizing the sacrificial victim, by whose death you will to reconcile us to yourself, grant that we, who are nourished by the body and blood of your Son, and filled with his Holy Spirit, may become one body, one spirit in Christ. May he make of us an eternal offering to you, so that we may obtain an inheritance with your elect, especially with the most blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with blessed Joseph, her spouse, with your blessed apostles and glorious martyrs, and with all the saints on whose constant intercession in your presence we rely for unfailing help. May this sacrifice of our reconciliation, we pray, O Lord, advance the peace and salvation of all the world. Be pleased to confirm in faith and charity your pilgrim church on earth with your servant Francis, our Pope, and Michael, our bishop, 
the order of bishops, all the clergy, and the entire people you have gained for your own. Listen graciously to the prayers of this family whom you have summoned before you. In your compassion, O merciful Father, gather to yourself all your children scattered throughout the world. To our departed brothers and sisters, and to all who are pleasing to you at their passing from this life, give kind admittance to your kingdom. There we hope to enjoy forever the fullness of your glory. Through Christ our Lord, through whom you bestow on the world all that is good. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. salutaribus moniti, et divina institutione formati, audemus dicere, Et imite nobis debita nostra, sicut et nos dimitimus, debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, sed libera nos amalo. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil, graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. On you stay, qui tolis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. On you stay, Qui tolis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccata mundi, dona nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, Lord I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed.
an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Come adore this wondrous presence, bow to Christ the source of grace, hear his kept the ancient promise of God's earthly dwelling place. Sight is blind before God's glory, Faith alone may see his face. Glory be to God the Father, Praise to his co-equal Son, Adoration to the Spirit, Bond of love in Godhead one, Blessed be God by all creation, Joyously while ages run. Tantum ergo sacramentum, Venere morcernui, Et anticum documentum, Novo cedat rituhi, Preste fide supplementum, Sensum defectuhi. Let us pray. Grant, we pray, O Lord our God, that you have given us as the pledge of immortality may work for our eternal salvation through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Bestow upon your servants, Lord, abundance of grace and protection. Grant health of mind and body. Grant fullness of fraternal charity. And make them always devoted to you through Christ our Lord. Amen. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go and announce the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Salve Regina, Mater Misericordiae, Vita Dulcedo, Espes Nostra Salve. A te clamamus, Exules Filii Heve, a te suspiramus, gementes et flentes, in hoc lacrimarum vale. Eha ergo. The prayer to St. Michael. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. 
May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruins of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels, Saint Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel, for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one, from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Celebrating the culture of life, this is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Is a co 